Well, you know, so I think it's, I think it really is this same Sunday every every January, isn't it? This is about the same Sunday. The guys from Loving Hands come to share their testimonies, and so I'm not going to hold them up because there's a bunch of them, and I'm ready to hear what they have to say. So please welcome the guys from Loving Hands Ministries, Day City. Am I on? Hey, good morning, church. Can you guys hear me all right? Awesome. I was just laughing because when he was talking about the hearing aid question, when he was asking who had it, I was wondering who could hear. You know, maybe they couldn't hear it. I'm like, oh. But, but that's awesome. So um, I'm just so thankful to be here. My name is Garrett Hamblin. I'm with Loving Hands Ministries here in Dade City, um, just a few miles that way. Um, how many of you guys remember us from last year? Oh, a lot of you. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, how many of you guys do not know what Loving Hands is all about? Perfect. Um, well, I'm so excited to be here to get to tell you today. And, and before I even start, I just want to say thank you so much to this church. Um, I want to say thank you to, to Pastor and his family, Miss Vicki. I want to say thank you to, to Pam and, and Bill. Um, I know they wish they could be here. You know, I'm sure that, that most of you know uh, Pastor's dream, you know, when he, he came and talked to the church right after our testimony service last year, you know, last January or February. And, um, and you guys probably know, how many of you guys know that, that Pam and Bill bring a carload of food every month? Everybody knows about that? You know, the, the thing about that is, and this is why I'm so thankful, I've been waiting to come back to this church for a year um, to tell you thank you. Um, because it's not just about ramen and some ragu, you know, tomato sauce. You know, it's about so much more. You know, when we did this service last year and we were talking to, to pastor at, at uh, Out to Eat after work, after the service, you know, I was telling him about um, a situation and I, did, no, I wasn't even t- saying it to say we need help. You know, I was just saying, explaining the ministry, explaining about, you know, what we had going on. And, and in our bless house, in our, our little food room, um, it was so empty. I mean, it was really bad. You know, we had a whole whole thing of shelves, and there was a little bit of food to one side, and we would separate it to other sides instead of all being on one side because it would look like more. You know, so we would kind of spread it out, and, um, you know, we had a little bit of, of tomato sauce over here and a little bit of, of chicken soup and stuff over here, and it was, it was bare. You know, and, and that's something we had been praying about, and that's something I had been looking all over Pasco County for, um, for a food bank. And, you know, the only real food banks out of, instead of outside of churches, um, re, you know, big food banks are over in Pasco or in uh, West Pasco. You know, over in Newport Ritchie, and I couldn't find anything. I applied, and we never heard anything back. And your church was an answered prayer. It was a prayer because that's something that, that I'd been searching about. That's something that we'd been looking for. And, and this is, it's the power of God. It's the power that God is still answering prayers. And every time you guys donate every single month, it causes us to feed these men behind me. You know, it causes us to keep this program free for these men. You know, and that's something we'll talk about in a little bit is, is how this program we've never charged. We've been in Dade City for 25 years, and we've never had to charge a man because of churches like this one right here. And when we were getting down, when we were running out of food and we were eating a lot of the stuff we don't want to eat, you know, all the time for lunches and stuff, God sent a message to this church. And so I just want to thank you so much for just restoring faith in us too, you know, restoring faith in, 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 in God, you know, and I'm so thankful. I'm sorry. I'm so thankful. Um, I was thinking about it when we were sitting down there to worshiping, and I was thinking about just how much God has blessed us you know, and how much your church has blessed us by allowing us to continue eating. You know, that's a pretty, like, important thing, you know, to eat food and stuff, and, and, and you've allowed us to keep doing that. So that, we are thankful. Um, we're so thankful. Um, well, once again, you know, uh, the testimonies, I know are what you really come for, so we're going to get straight to the testimonies in a minute. I want to tell you a little bit about the program. You know, we were started 34 years ago. We have another campus in Palmetto, and we were started 34 years ago in Palmetto um, from a pastor who had a dream, just like your pastor, um, God spoke to him and said to reach out to those who nobody was reaching out to. 
You know, people go in and do jail ministry, and that's where it stops. You know, they go in, they minister to someone, they pray, and that's where it ends. You know, when those guys get released from jail, where do you think they go? They don't go to that pastor that comes in every other week. You know, they go to, to the streets. They go to the same broken homes, the same groups of friends, and they end up right back in jail. You know, and, and they're those individuals that most of society kicked out. Most of society said they're, they're hopeless. You know, they're bums. They're the people out here walking 301 that you don't want to have stop at your gas station while you're pumping. You know, they don't, you know you're going to walk up and, and they're going to ask you for money and stuff. And, and those are the people that most of us are uncomfortable dealing with. And those are the people that Pastor Wendell, 34 years ago, decided to take into his house. He decided to take those men into his home because nobody else was, you know, and, and he left pastoring a church so he could focus on Loving Hands Ministries. And, and this program, it's a, a discipleship program. You know, we're not a rehab center. We're not a, a, a government program. You know, we're a discipleship ministry. You know, when the guys come to the program, we don't allow them to go out and work. Um, we don't allow them to, to leave property. We basically cut all communication off when they get to the property. You know, when they enter Loving Hands Ministries, and it's two full years. So for two full years, these men literally wake up at 6.15 every single morning, go to bed at 9.30 every night. You know, the entire day is structured around the Word of God all day long. We've got teachers that come in three classes every single day, and the only curriculum they teach is from the Bible. You guys know that, the Bible? That's important. You know, and, and, and we don't do anything else. You know, we don't allow them to go out and work. A lot of programs will have them go out and work, and then they'll bring the paychecks home. You know, or they have them apply for government funding, and they'll give your food stamps to the ministry to, or to the program to pay for you being there, and we have literally just relied on God for everything. We've relied on Christ to keep this program open, and we've been in Dade City, like I said, for 25 years. So for 25 years, we've been discipling men, and we've been taking men that the rest of society said they didn't want to deal with, you know, men that were getting locked up and locked up and locked up. We've got a guy that's been arrested 100 times, you know, that all their, most of the guys, their families basically are done with them, you know, and when they come to Loving Hands Ministries, we, we give them a new family. We give them a new family like Christ gave me. He gave me a new family, so we turn around and give it to them, and, and we show them what it's like to be a man of God. You know, we show them what it's like to, to use that sword instead of the sword you had on the streets, you know, to, to quote Scripture, to learn Scripture, to be able to teach the other guys about Scripture, you know, because that's where all the power comes from. So um, I want to start with a couple testimonies. Let's start with my brother Tyler. Uh, good morning. My name is Tyler. I'm 25 years old. I'm from Manatee County. Um, I was born in Manatee County, but I uh, moved to Western North Carolina when I was four. My mother and my father separated. I, I never knew my father growing up. Um, I uh, lived with my grandfather, my mother, my sister, and my grandmother. And my my grandfather was uh, an abusive alcoholic. Um, he used to uh, beat me and the rest of my family every day. And it wasn't until my my uncle died, uh, his only son, that he actually stopped doing that. Um, it was something so profound as losing your only son to take him out of where he was. After that, uh, me and uh, my mom and my sister moved out. My mom started seeing a new man uh, who became my stepfather. And it wasn't until after they became married that she found out he was addicted to drugs. And a couple years after that, he started hitting her and... I remember just running away when uh, he, he would hit her, and I would hide, and I would, I would just ask for someone to help me, and I just never knew who could do that. Um, I started doing drugs when I was in middle school. I uh, started smoking cigarettes, doing drugs, um, drinking, anything I could do to just get away from the life that I was in. Um, I would uh, 
just skip school every day, go to parties. Um, I missed plenty of days in my senior year, so many that I had to stay after um, all the way through summer to get my, grad, uh, get my diploma. Um, when I graduated, I moved back down to Florida um, to be with my father, and I thought it would be great to be able to see my father again, to, to have that male role model in my life, but it didn't really change anything. Um, I was uh, still doing drugs. I uh, was stealing from him. Every day I would take something from him, and I would go and pawn whatever he had, and then I would go buy drugs, and every day I had to, to fill that need that I had. And uh, eventually it caught up to me, and I went and served seven months in county jail. Um, during that time, my first daughter was born. Um, I had uh, met a girl at a bar, and shortly after that, she became pregnant, had my first daughter, went to jail, got out. Um, and it was about this time that my stepmother, who had been praying for me, uh, she told me about a church up in Bradenton. And so I, I started attending there. I went to plenty of uh, support groups, and it started helping my life tremendously. Um, after that, uh, I was working, and every day I would come home, and the stress of paying bills and everything like that would, would get on me every day, and I started doing drugs again. I, I, I deferred away from the church, and I just went back to myself. Um, I uh, didn't realize how bad my, my drug addiction had gotten to the point where my, my girlfriend, who, who uh, was also pregnant at the time with my, my second born, um, she actually left while I was at work came home to a house that had nothing in it. I had nothing there. My daughters were gone, um, and I just, I wept. I uh, went to my, my dad's house with all the stuff I had in the apartment, which was mostly just furniture and my clothes, um, and I went to church that night, and that night they had a testimony service, and it was uh, one of the members uh, had gone through Loving Hands. A, uh, a graduate had spent two full years at the program. Um, he was talking about how God had changed his life and how everything that was happening in his life now was through the grace of God, and I wanted that. Um, so I applied to Loving Hands, and literally the next day, I was accepted, and I just went straight to the program. I told my, my stepmom to just sell all my stuff, and since I stepped foot into the ministry, God has just been working miraculously through my life. He has blessed uh, not only my children, my my girls, uh, my girlfriend and uh, my, my girls are actually in another ministry up in Bradenton. Um, not only am I in a ministry being touched by God, but they're also being touched. Um, all the stuff I had, uh, uh, there was a family at my church, their house had burned down. And the exact day I came in, they, they called to the church and said that all of our stuff was burned up. They had four children, uh, four boys in high school, and uh, all my stuff got donated to them. So they were blessed through God, and it was just because of divine appointment that I came into this ministry at the time I did. And I just thank God every day that he's, he's just working miraculously in my life. Um, I'll leave you now with my scripture verse. It's uh, Romans 13, 21. Uh, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Thank you. You know, the next guy that I want to introduce, um, I want to tell you a little backstory. This is my brother James over here. Come up here, James. He never acts like he likes me when we're in front of a church, but at the property, it's, this is my brother James. Um, James is probably my best friend. He's my second um, in charge at the ministry. He's the guy that 
pretty much runs the place. You know, the pastors, we don't do much. So he pretty much runs it also. Yeah, only work an hour a week. That's right. This is my hour right here. So, um, But James, I want to tell you a funny story about James. Um, when James came into the ministry, I love to tell this story. It's great. When, when James came into the ministry, um, his biggest you know, issue was he had so much anxiety. He was always nervous. He was always sweating. Like he was always nervous to be around people um, and, and being in front of a hundred people, over a hundred people, you know, this used to make James just start sweating like crazy. I mean, he used to just get very nervous being in front of people. And, and you know, it takes a while for you to, uh, to understand what God's done in your life to be where you can boldly proclaim about Jesus Christ. You know, it takes a while. At the, at the beginning, you're not necessarily sure. You know, when guys first come into the program, they're not always 100% sure, you know, what all Christ has done and what just happened. You know, what was good luck and what was Christ, you know. And, and, uh, and when James came into the program, he was, he was a very nervous guy. He had a lot of anxiety. And we were at a church down in Sarasota, um, and we, <laughs> and uh, and it was a, a big church. It was a big Baptist church down there. And and James wasn't even on the microphone. He was just standing in front of this church. It was a double layer church. I mean, hundreds of people. Um, and James just passed out right on the stage, like right in the middle of the church, you know. And and <laughs> and people come running. And my brother was up there doing the service, and he's like, "Oh wow!" And and he just it was awesome, you know. And it, it's so funny and. And people in Dade City, even uh, one of our good supporters in Dade City, even mentioned it like two weeks later because he was watching it on live stream. So it was like all over line, you know. And this same guy that couldn't even stand in front of a lot of people um, over a year ago, you know, this guy, he just graduated last weekend. Two full years, just graduated. And, uh, and James is now, he's now teaching class on a regular basis. He runs our yard sale that we have out there twice a month. He's the one that um, gives out the discipline to the guys. I mean, he's the one that is literally raising up disciples behind himself. He's literally going out and he teaches people how to do the table out here. He teaches people how to talk in public. He's running services like I'm doing right now. He's running his own services now. This guy that couldn't even stand in front of people and God has just taken him to a new level. You know, and, and God has blessed him so much. He came in here voluntarily. He wasn't court ordered. He just came in here because he, he knew he was a mess, you know, and yet he stayed two full years and God has radically changed his life. And now James has decided that he wants to stay on a staff free, just volunteer for free. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So I know that you guys, sorry for embarrassing you. I know that you guys are going to enjoy his uh, testimony. James. Yeah. Good morning. Um, what an honor it is to be able to come up here and just testify to the goodness of God in my life. Um, you know, my whole life I grew up without knowing who God or Jesus Christ was. And uh, two years ago, I came to this ministry, a broken man. Um, I found myself addicted to drugs and doing things I never thought when I was a little kid that I would do. I didn't think I'd grow up to be a drug addict, but I did. And uh, it was a lot of pain and a lot of hurt behind that. Um, I finally got to a point in my life where you know, I heard these stories, I, I've been to churches, I, I heard the power of God, but I didn't accept it. And I finally got to the point where I asked, I asked Jesus Christ into my life and to change what I was doing. And he did that. He took me from a spot in my life where I was just all about the drugs and, and hurting people. And, uh, you know, I, I was a junkie. I was, I was just tore up on the inside and I thought life was, that was it. I thought just drugs and, and hurting people and, and being in those positions was always going to be there and nothing was going to help me. Um, and I was content with that. I was okay with that. I gave up. I didn't care no more. Uh, when I was 29, I got in a car accident and I, I broke my neck in this car accident. And I can remember laying in the hospital looking at my family and seeing them so upset 
and just not caring. You know, all I cared about was getting high. I didn't care that I almost died or I should, you know, be in a better situation. Um, you know, and even at that point, it still wasn't enough to change me. Um, at that point, I used my accident as an excuse to get more medicines and more drugs and, and further my addiction. Um, finally, I, I came to a church service when my sister, she came uh, up to my house and Loving Hands visited her church. And, uh, you know, even at that point, she told me about the ministry and I, I wasn't fully ready to accept that. But that was two years ago and I stand here today and I know what Jesus Christ has done in my life and I know what he's pulled me out of. And I know I can be with him confidently in my life. And I just thank you guys for the opportunities that you give us with this testimony services to be able to come share him in our lives with you. So I'm going to leave you guys with my scripture verse, which is 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of the faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Thank you. You know, I forgot to mention about James. Um, this guy that dropped out of high school. It just started last week at Bible school. So that's pretty incredible. You know, it's, it's just incredible what God can, can do. You know, it's just so amazing. Um, the next one that I want to have share is my brother, Michael. Some of you guys may remember him. I think he testified last year, but um, God's done even more things in his life. So Mike. Morning church. My name is Michael. Like you said, I'm 27 years old. I've been with the ministry now about a year and a half. And, uh, I just praise God for the life he took me out of. Grew up in a home that was just full of drugs and alcohol, uh, abuse between my father and mother. But at the age of 12, my dad passed away from a heroin overdose, and I began to follow in his footsteps shortly after. Began experimenting with prescription painkillers. I found myself highly addicted to them at a young age. I uh, needed them every day to get out of bed. I dropped out of school two months before I could graduate high school just because I couldn't get out of bed. I was so sick that I didn't have these prescription painkillers that... I just couldn't get out of bed. I uh, found myself in and out of trouble with the law all the time, in and out of detox centers. My addiction led me down deeper and darker uh, roads. I became addicted to using a needle and addicted to heroin just like my father. I'd lie and steal and cheat from friends, family. I didn't care who I hurt just to get my fix for the day, multiple times a day. But uh, my mother and my aunt prayed for me for years to get my life together. I thought I had my life figured out. I became homeless, just uh, didn't care if I lived or died anymore. I just thought that's what I was going to be, was a drug addict. And uh, my great-grandmother, she knows Pastor Wendell and all about this program, and she begged me to come come into the program. So just to make my grandma happy, I said, sure, I'll come check it out. I came three different times for an interview, and each time I stormed out of the interview room, I cussed out staff members, I uh, just said words to them that were not good, and I went on my way. But uh, God is good because a few nights later after the last interview, uh, God met me where I was at. See, my great-grandmother, she got sick out of nowhere. And uh, I just went to visit her, and after I was visiting her, I just went to take a walk to clear my head. And this random man out of nowhere just asked to pray for me. He said, sure, we can pray. I wasn't really thinking anything of it. We got done praying. Uh, I look up, and the executive director for the program of Loving Hands was standing in my face. And it's no coincidence, it's all the miracle of God, divine appointment by God. I see that clearly today. And uh, he was just showing me the love of Christ through him, just telling me he forgave me, he loved me, the same man that I just cussed out days before. Told me, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be here at Loving Hands. This is where God wants me to be. Didn't have an answer for him. 
So I uh, just went on my way. But that night, the Lord spoke to my heart and told me that loving hands is where I'm supposed to be. So the next day, I checked into another detox center. I was there for about four days. And uh, when I got released, I came back to loving hands. But uh, since I've been here, since I stepped in the foot of the presence of the Lord, I mean, he's just delivered me from drugs. I was sick when I first got here. But like I say, when I stepped into his presence, all the cravings went away. My detoxes went away. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. haven't craved a cigarette since I've been here. Uh, relationships with my friends and family are being restored day by day. And best of all, I have this relationship with Jesus Christ I never had. And it's just amazing. It's awesome to be able to share what he's done in my life and what he's continuing to do in my life. And I just thank you for letting me share. And I'll uh, leave you with my scripture verse. It's 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Thank you. Have you guys been blessed by the testimony so far today? Good, good. Um, you know, I, I want to ask you for something, church, um, and it's not an offering, don't worry. Uh, you know, what I want to ask you for is your prayers um, for this ministry. You know, and, and, and we know the power of prayer at Loving Hands. You know, we know the power because we've seen it in each of our lives. You know, you've heard men talk several times today about divine appointments, you know, a divine appointment, and, and I firmly believe that when we came here last year, that was a divine appointment with all of you in this congregation. You know, it prepared your hearts for then God spoke to your pastor and you guys answered the call. I mean, it's that simple. You know, and each of these men in their lives, when they came to loving hands, every single one of them has a, a ridiculous story about how God just made it work. You know, men that should have never been allowed out of prison. Men that should have never, I mean, how in the world did, so where he was walking when his grandmother got sick, which then his grandmother got better and she's fine. For some reason, she got sick right then and there. He went down to visit her, and when he was out walking on the street, there just happened to be a a group of people that gathered together uh, to worship God, and the executive director for Loving Hands was the guest speaker that night. How in the world does that happen on a Friday night? They should have been doing all other things on a Friday night, and that's what they were doing, worshiping Christ, when he just happened to go visit his grandmother. You know, and, and we believe in the power of prayer in my personal life. Prayer is what got me to Loving Hands. You know, my brother, I grew up, my father was an alcoholic, my brother was a heroin addict. You know, the whole time I grew up, I didn't want anything to do with them. I didn't want anything to do with drugs, alcohol, you know, because I saw that it was taking away all my family. Everything I loved was being taken away by drugs. You know, my brother that, my older brother that I should have been, you know, learning from, I should have been looking to him as a role model. I couldn't stand to be around him. He was always either in jail or stealing my stuff, you know, that I worked to, to earn, you know. He would take it and he would pawn it and he would go buy drugs with it. You know, you couldn't have a conversation because he would nod out. And then he'd wake up and say, what? And then you start again, and he would nod out again. He used to nod out when you're driving. Imagine driving your little brother somewhere, and he's nodding out while you're driving. It's crazy, you know? And, and so I never wanted anything to do with it. I went to church, um, but I never really sought after God. You know, and I went to college at a secular college that had nothing to do with theology. You know, I just went and got a business degree, and I went to grad school right after that. And uh, by that time, I had stopped going to church, and I had started drinking, you know, just at parties, you know, just with your friends, just casual. It wasn't... It, it's never an addiction when you're in college. You should know that. You know, it's not an addiction. It's when you get out of college, then it becomes an addiction. You know, and, and my last semester, right before I graduated college, right before I graduated with my MBA, my father committed suicide. 
and I lost control. I lost control of my life. I went and I took a consultant job where I traveled across the country by myself, and I would just drink. I would skip meetings, and I would just get hammered. I would just lock myself in my hotel room for weekends and just drink. You know, I lost control, and I spiraled out of control. But my brother, that heroin addict that we thought was going to die before I even ever hit college, we thought he'd be dead, and that would be it. You know, that heroin addict found loving hands. Through a testimony service my grandmother was at just like this, and he went to loving hands, and he left several times and, and came back, and, and finally God got a hold of his heart. And when he changed his life, he started getting up into leadership and seeking God with everything he had. You know, they say that when an addict, an addict is always addicted to something, when it's not drugs, you replace it with Jesus Christ. And that's what he was. He was addicted to the Word of God, you know, and, and he started praying for me. And suddenly this heroin addict that was ruining our family was the one praying for all of us. And God used his prayers to touch me, to bring me to loving hands. And it saved my life. I should have killed many people, you know, drunk driving. I used to carry my father's gun on me, and I've pulled guns out on people when I'm drinking and stuff. I mean, I was lost. I was, I was lost control. And God used his prayers and saved my life. And now I can stand in front of you and testify about the amazing power of Jesus Christ because I've seen it, because it's happened in my own life. That's why I believe in the power of prayer. And when we, when we were struggling at the ministry, struggling to, to have enough food, you know, we had frozen chicken for some reason. We have tons of frozen chicken, but we didn't have anything else to go with it. You know, and we're struggling to get sides and stuff like that. And suddenly God puts it on a, a church, a call to help us. That's how I know the power of prayer. So I want to ask you today, if you will pray for us, if you will stand in the gap with this ministry and pray for these men. You know, when the men are out in the world, the devil's already got them. They're already going to hell. They're leading other people to hell. He doesn't need to attack them because he already has them. They're already under his control. That's why you see people that aren't living correctly out in the world, and they're just getting money and a great job because the devil's already got them. He doesn't need to mess with them. It's when they decide to turn their lives to Christ, when they decide that enough is enough, I'm going to focus on Jesus Christ and that's it, that's when the devil takes notice and he attacks them with everything he has. And you probably see people up here that, that you don't recognize from last year, and you probably see, saw some last year that aren't here anymore. Only two of these guys were here last year. That means the rest of them left. People leave this ministry all the time because the devil attacks them so bad, and he just goes in their mind, and they just go crazy. And when guys leave this program, they don't make sense. They're not thinking rationally. They'll sit there and tell you, oh, yeah, uh, my family's going to take me back. And I'm like, no, they're not. Like, we, we know they're not going to take you back. Like, what are you doing? You know, last week you were testifying about God's grace has changed your life, and today you just went crazy. Now God doesn't exist. How? What happened? You know, and, and the devil just takes control and attacks them. So what we need from you is your prayer. You know, I told you last year about the two individuals, two of those guys that left, that left two years ago, two of the men that left. A lot of people leave, and most of them go back to drugs, unfortunately. I wish I could change that fact, but they, they do, most of them. And two of those that went back to the drugs died within months of leaving this ministry, overdosed within months. And they were both, I knew them. I was friends with both of them, you know, and, and they died going, doing drugs. You know, they were in a ministry testifying on Sunday about God's amazing grace, and next thing you know, they're in a casket, and we're at a funeral saying, what in the world? You know, and, and we know the power of prayer because we've experienced it. So I want to ask you to pray for these men's minds, to pray for these men, to pray that this program is always here. You know, I had a, I had a woman call me um, just a couple weeks ago, actually it was a month or two ago now, and, and she had heard in the community that we were someone that could help her. And this is the kind of reputation I want in this community of, of Zephyr Hills and Dade City. Her son, she was taking her son to get the drugs. She was driving him because he didn't have a, a license. So she didn't even know this. That's what she was doing. 
He'd say, hey, can I go see a friend real quick? She'd drive him over there. Next thing you know, he gets in the car five minutes later, and she's like, oh, that's quick, you know? And when she caught on, she said, okay, I'm done. I'm not getting your drugs anymore. And he flipped out, and he grabbed a knife, and he chased her into the bathroom. And she locked the door, and he's trying to beat down the door to kill his own mother. And that mother called and said, we heard your program is the kind of program that can help our son because there's nothing else. That's the reputation we want. And that's what we're doing in this community of Dade City. That's what we're doing in this community of Zephyr Hills is we're saving men that no one else will give a chance to. There are no other programs that are able to take a man like that. Like most of these guys had had anger issues, had severe, you know, theft, lying, all kinds of crazy stuff. And we're the only place that can do that here in Zephyr Hills because we rely on the power of God. That's it. You know, when, the, when people come to the ministry, we don't do any kind of detox. We don't do any kind of, of put them on another drug. You know, a lot of the clinics nowadays, they'll put you on a legal drug to get you off of a street drug. And then they'll put you on another drug, and then they'll cut down the dosage of that drug. And the next thing you know, you're going to a methadone clinic for the rest of your life. What a life, right? That's called a drug addict. You can't get out of bed without your methadone. That's a drug addict. You know, we don't do that at Loving Hands. You know, we don't do NA and AA. We don't need 12 steps. We've got one step, and that's go straight to Jesus Christ because he's the only one that can change a heart. He's the only one that can save these men. And if you've seen these testimonies that you heard today, every one of these guys has a testimony like that. And we've got another campus of guys just like this that have amazing testimonies of the power of God. So I'm so thankful that I got to come here and just tell about Christ. That's all we want to do is just to glorify Christ. So I thank you so much. I thank you so much for continuing to, to put, is this a table always here? I'm so thankful. That's awesome. Hey, that was great right there. You know, I'm so thankful that you guys continue to sow into this ministry. When you sow into this ministry by donating, it doesn't matter if it's a pack of ramen that costs $1.50. When you sow into this ministry, you're sowing into the change that God's done in each of every one of these men's lives. Every single one of them. When God saves them, you're part of that. That means when you get to heaven, people are going to say, hey, look what you did. You saved these men's lives because you were donating ragu sauce to them. You know, that's how that works. So I'm just so thankful that you've blessed us. I'm so thankful that you're a part of this church. Pastor, your family is just so important to us, and we keep you in our prayers all the time. Um, so I just thank you guys. I pray you're blessed today.